I don't know if I've mentioned to you, but one of the like brands of guitars that I like follow for like inspiration, not that I ever, well, one day I'll be able to afford them, but, uh, is this company called Paul Reed Smith and they have their private stock collection and to get a guitar from their private stock collection between 12 and, or between six and $12,000. And they like do this long spiel of like, we like to view this instrument as more of an heirloom than just, you know, something for one person to cherish. Like, Oh no. As yeah, no fucking kidding. <laughs> as douchey as that stuff is, the stuff in those like private, like specialty collections is always so goddamn oh, cool. Like the, the one-off motorcycles where it's like, this is the one motorcycle made by Lamborghini. What? Yeah, the, the one <laughs> motorcycle made by Lamborghini. Why? Well, a man that owned 12 Lamborghini cars said, hey, Lamborghini, you want to make me a motorcycle? And we said, sure. Like, it's always just, it's like, that's it's, it's, it's gorgeous. Like, I understand. Like, it, it looks like it's worth as much money as it is. And you're at the same time, you're like, but who would spend this type of money? And the answer is, well, me if I could, but... Mm-hmm. Like a Yanko Camaro? Less so on that, but I, to be fair, you're more of a car guy than I am. I, I very much, okay. it's like a car is a car is a car in my books, depending on trunk space. I get the way you get with cars with motorcycles, though, where mm-hmm. it's like, that is cool looking. Yeah. Well, Yanko Camaro is, there's only like 200 of them in existence, which was obviously Camaro and Corvette are both owned by Chevrolet. Yeah. And for a short period of time, the Camaro was significantly fast. Well, the Camaro, I believe, with the big block was faster than the Corvette. And Chevrolet took a look at this and went, whoa, 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 whoa. No, our, like, our economy version of a sports car cannot be beating our sports car. Yeah. So they throttled the shit out of it. And then there was, like, one dealership owner named Yanko who was like, I want it with the big block in it. And they're like, you can't have it. And he's like, but I've got money. And they're like, fine. <laughs> So there's like 200 of these Camaros running around that were faster than the Corvette in the year they were made. It's the little heritage pieces like that that are interesting. Yeah, it's like on the list of like things that I have like my my checklist of lifelong dreams. Like one of them is to own a custom motorcycle, like the fully like tricked out exactly what I want motorcycle kind of thing. And I have I have a very specific vision for it, though. Um, I I assume you're familiar with the song um, Dracula by Rob Zombie, correct? Uh, very. I've seen it live. Yes. I have, so, so anytime someone looks at this motorcycle, I want the song Dragula to come on in their head. Whether or not they know the song prior to it is not important. I want you to look <laughs> at this damn motorcycle and immediately become familiar with that song where it's like, why do I know this song? I've never heard this song before. <laughs> Living Dead Girl and Super Beast by Rob Zombie are also acceptable songs to come on mm-hmm. your head, but we're aiming for Dracula. <laughs> Man, Hellbilly Deluxe was the best album by him. Yeah. Um, all three of those songs are off it. Yes. <laughs> um, really, anything off that album, if you look at this motorcycle, I'm okay with, but the goal is Dracula. The goal is Dragula. Oh, man. I am just imagining... I don't know if you're as familiar with the track Call of the Zombie. Yep. Which is the intro to that one where that nursery rhyme from that creepy kid. Oh, that'd be perfect. The, the fucking amazing motorcycle that can conjure up this. Yes. that's. I the, want to see. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the... I don't even know what it looks like, but I'll know it when I see it kind of thing. Like, the second... like the, it, if I can't achieve that, the second version is I want a muscle car that makes you hear demons speeding. 
<laughs> Oddly enough, all of my vehicle-based, like, this would be awesome to own, revolve Involve around Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. <laughs> Not sure I'm why. Basically. Um, what, what's interesting about this, like, because now I'm theorycrafting this thing, that you've put this great idea of yours in my head, which is, obviously the song is named after the Dragula from the show The Monsters. Yeah. And that is not the vehicle you're trying to recreate. No. Because if you say Dragula and you're thinking the Rob Zombie song, it's actually pretty distant from yes. the Monsters cartoony, oh no, Cousin It accidentally wound up in a road race. Yeah. Um, it's much more the like, the creature of the Black Lagoon comes up and plays guitar yep. kind of deal. I'm talking like Ram Skull for the um, front headlight assembly kind of thing. Like, it just leaves flame wherever it goes, but they're like green necromantic flames. Yes. You don't oh, park yeah. it. You just leave it places, and people are afraid to get near it. Yep. <laughs> they don't want to know what friggin' psychopath owns that exactly, vehicle. Exactly, yeah. And I'm like, and I, I've had conversations like, well, is it a chopper? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if, like, I would just some like, walk down an alley, and there it would be just, like, everyone else is seeing this, right? Like, everyone else sees <laughs> the demonic motorcycle. No? Okay. I'm going to go towards it now. Hope it doesn't kill me. I mean, in my head, more demonic motorcycles are chopper style extended where you it's almost like a Star Wars speeder bike. How long they are. Yes. But at the same time, though, too, it's got to be fast because it's Dragula. Like it's Rob Zombie. It has oh, yeah. to have that pickup. And while choppers are cool and all, they're not known for that, like, death defying super speed. Yep. The, uh. What's it called? The Hayabusa they are not. No, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, man. Like, I'm just, like, even just, like, imagining, like, the exhaust system, which would have to pretty much just, like, burst, like, out of the side of it, almost looking like it had been pre-mangled, slash also still looking like an organ. Yeah. And, like, this thing's clearly covered in skulls of varying yeah, varieties. Obviously, if I Mostly... Definitely going to have to have some type of uh, casket that is both functional and a structural, structurally integral part of the vehicle. Well, I kind of assume... But not that you would sit in, because that's too much like the car from the Munsters. Yeah, I, I kind of... like Maybe not casket, but like maybe you have the um, tank sides of it with like a paneling on them or something. And maybe like yeah. the, opening for the, front, the opening for the gas tank is kind of that coffin lock thing going on, that heavy, like, chunk where you have just, like, a fucking, like, werewolf knocker thing that you have to, like, lift up to get to your gas tank. Yep. And I think it definitely, if it... If fog machines are out of the question, they are instantly to be reprodu replaced with... If you've ever seen dragster diesel truck yep. racing and the pitch black fumes that those things just... Gosh. Oh no, I assume this thing runs on like diesel simply so the correct color exhaust comes out of it. <laughs> and odor. Hmm, yeah. what smells like sulfur? <laughs> like, and, oh. But then you also get the motor that sounds appropriate, just like. It's like oh yeah, no, it has to have that true gurgle. Yeah. Oh man. That'd be a great motorcycle. That'd be a cool yeah. bike. I'd 
like I said, I, I I can die in peace if I ever own. I can probably die in peace anyway to a certain extent. But like the ultimate, you can get buried in the fucking thing. Yes, yeah, like that's that's the thing you ride off the cliff, going like, "So long, suckers! It doesn't get better from here." Charlie, out. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the totally not Halloween focused, definitely not horror game centric, definitely full of no jump scares whatsoever of any kind, <coughs> episode 34 of the Wicked Awesome Cast. As always, I am Charlie, not a fan of horror games or most horror movies or jump scares or that type of stuff, and I'm joined by some weirdo named Jeff who is into all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much into jump scares, apparently. Um, I sometimes go out into the hallway and just put cats, like, in, you know, up over, uh, doorways and stuff, and then when I'm walking out to work, they can scare me, and it's great. <laughs> I, you're one of those in New Hampshire, man. You live amongst the murder wood. <laughs> so your girlfriend is more afraid of my woods than I, anyone else. My girlfriend's reaction. Pretty to, rightfully so, I, but. To be fair, like, if we had not grown up in the murder wood, we might have the same reaction of, holy crap, you could, like, murder the crap out of some people out here and no one would ever find the body. And we were, we'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess you could. Never thought about it with all these woods around us. <laughs> then it's kind of a. You really start to understand what no light looks like. Yeah. <laughs> not a th- not a thing we have in LA. Like I my night vision gets me in trouble all the time because it functions in woods level stuff. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, no I Yeah, it, it is a real thing. So, yeah, I get to watch all my spooky horror movies in Halloween out in the murder wood where I live apparently. I'd actually be kind of totally down with that, like, do an outdoor movie showing of, like, Friday the 13th or something on a lake. They do stuff like that. I'm sure they do. Um, They'd be dumb not to. Especially if you can get, like, a Camp Crystal Lake or whatever. Yeah. Or if you can find one with the actual name or just throw up a sign. No one can tell the difference. Nah, like, L.A. is weird when it comes to Halloween. We have these mazes all over the place. Like, we're big into mazes and, like, temporary haunted houses, like... It's all about kind of the superficial stuff out here. Or the like, hey, it's like a theme park stuff. And was it last year or two years ago? I don't remember. We had this thing called um, the Haunted Campground come to town where you paid like a hundred bucks. And it was a weekend long thing that you um, had a wristband. It was like blue, green, or red. And they were the level of thrill they were supposed to give you. And, like, mm-hmm. green was like, oh, it's creepy. And, like, stay out of these parts of it. And, like, the top level was red. And then you're playing the game where it's like, we might just lock you in. If we catch you, we just might lock you into a, in a cage for like two hours. We'll provide a way for you to escape and can you play in the game. Like there's a scavenger hunt aspect to it and a mystery at that mm-hmm. level. But it's like, no, no, we will pick you up and like throw you in a sack. We'll try not to I hurt you. I would totally but, signed up for Red. <laughs> yeah, I, me and Jen looked at it and we're like, huh. And she goes, you can't go. So I'm like, no, I will punch someone and break their jaw. <laughs> Can't go to that. I would fight back, and I would win at all costs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they run into that problem pretty regularly. Um, they made it pretty... They, they, they had a bunch of disclaimers basically being like, yeah, um, if you're prone to fighting in haunted houses, which I have happened to me on a couple occasions, please don't sign up for this. Like, we're, we're just doing our jobs. Like, don't make us have to, like, 
call the cops on you for assault. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I would find a brick and just straight up murder some clown by accident, probably. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> no, Sorry, but, tired. No, it's one of those things where I'm like, only in L.A. would this happen, and that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, we just get the, like, so where I am, we don't have haunted houses or mazes. We have hay rides. Yeah. <laughs> hey, which boy, are you like, like that hay fever? Yeah, which are, like, everything else you described except in no way at all. And I don't know why they pop up around Halloween or people think that riding in the back of a tractor around a cornfield is Halloween-y, but that's what people do. You have apple picking where you are, too, so... We do have apples. And leaf uh, colors. I say, and leaf colors. I say you would know about our apples since your dad is using our sacred soil of New Hampshire to grow his apples to make his booze. Yes, yes, he is. I'm trying to get him to make apple jack this year, actually, which is like apple, which is whiskey made from apples, essentially. It's I've, like, read about that one. You, like, throw apples, like, into a bucket out in the... Uh, like on your porch in the middle of the winter, and then you have to like scrape up the ice and like it's a crazy process. It's based around so you can replicate. It's a concept called cold brewing, actually, where yep. you're essentially wringing the. It, it's how they make the stupid alcoholic beers that shouldn't exist too, where it's like you keep adding ingredients and wringing out what you can under high pressure and cold. So it's like it's pulling all of the water possible out of it, and what you're left with, because alcohol freezes at a much lower temperature, is the pure alcohol part of it. Yep. I've actually had Applejack before, because there's only one distillery in the United States that still legally produces it. Um, it's different. Yep. <laughs> That's got some burn to it. Yep. Not a pleasant uh, one either, but I still want to make some. Yep. Well, it'd be a good contrast. The thing is, is knowing your dad, he would have like the world, like the most perfect concoction of like Gala and Granny Smith and like Red Delicious or whatever the best concoction of apples for making um, Applejack there is. Your father would recreate. I, I, I've told you the how we wound up with apple trees story, right? Um, other than he wanted to brew alcohol, no, that's the only okay. Part so I we're know. actually in a bar out in L.A. called the um, Robin Hood. Pub tavern. I, I used to go there a lot back when I was single and hung out in bars more. And they have um, Blackthorn hard cider on tap, which I am a huge fan of. And so he was out here visiting once. We were there for dinner, and he left town as he tends to do because he's not a permanent resident out here. And I get this text. Yep. So I bought some trees. What kind of trees? Uh, well, I did some research and found out that there's like three different types of apples in the. Uh, Blackthorn hard cider, yeah. I bought those trees. <laughs> and you bought like three or four trees? Yeah, like three or four. Or twenty. <laughs> Maybe more than twenty. How many goddamn trees did you buy? Definitely not more than a hundred. Did we buy a hundred trees? No, I'd never buy a hundred trees. <laughs> I like how he can say like, "No, I'd never do blank," as he's trying to justify what he is, <laughs> what number he is quirkly approaching. Yeah, oh, that he bought the he bought the neighboring farm property for their apple trees. He's like, "Fucking yeah, I now own two farms." Two farms. He has the power of two farms. Oh my god. 
So your father's been playing too much Stardew Valley, and now I, he's here. <laughs> evidently. But yeah, he has the power of two farms that are paid by the government not to produce food. So... <laughs> okay. Ethanol, so, here we come. And so he can afford two farms. Nice. So you're going to pay me not to do what a farm's intended for. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I guess booze isn't food. Sort of. He's not selling it. He's just making it for his own consumption in large oh, quantities. As long as, he prom- as long as he promises really good to consume everything he produces himself. Don't worry, government. I'll drink all of it. <laughs> He 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 is an absolute martyr. The things he is doing for, uh, it's, for the greater good, what that man is accomplishing. I keep God's trying, work, as some would point out. I keep trying to convince him to buy a moonshine still, because I think oh, that's legal God. in New Hampshire. Uh, I have no idea. Well, so there. In when it Cal- comes to laws, I re- I realize very quickly how from Massachusetts I am. <laughs> well, so in, in in L.A. at least we might get past the um. Oh God! What was it? It's called like it's it's basically the um, home distilling laws, which means up I I can make twenty five gallons of like moonshine a year legally, and so long as okay. I'm not selling it and for my own personal consumption, I can totally make moonshine in my garage. Yep. So there's some things I'm for and against in that. The thing I'm against is me- menthol. Um, which I believe that's the uh, when when home distilling goes wrong. I yes. believe that's what you wind up with. And the reason I'm on the other side for it is because of blended scotches, which is basically you have companies like I don't know. I actually I don't know just offhand. I'm gonna say Glen Levitt just because it's a blended sure. Scotch whiskey. And what they tend to do is over in Scotland and I think Ireland as well. A lot of people just have backyard stills. And what companies like Glen Levitt will do will just buy it off of them, blend it all together, and you get blended scotch. Well, you can't have blended and, scotch from Ireland by definition, but correct, same concept. Correct, but yes. I, I wasn't trying to uh, confuse those two. It was just I think in no, Ireland I, they do the same process. I could, I could believe that. Um, but uh, because of that, like I'm also kind of for hard alcohol distilling because then you get blended things, and that's a pretty cool concept. Um, the fact that it's like, okay, I'm going to buy a bottle of whiskey, and it was made by, well, some like infinitesimal drops are from several hundred different people or something like that. It's kind of cool. I want to make rocket fuel. You want to make jet fuel? Yeah. And start buying phytoplankton. <laughs> No, I want, the me. Fun, I want the fun kind that you make yourself and can be put in a flamethrower. <laughs> you still need plankton. <laughs> nah. Either that or you need to strike it under your house or something. Like, <laughs> you don't You know just me. gave me the look of maybe I will drill that far. <laughs> yeah. I am in a, my state borders on just, the ocean. Distilling jet fuel. That's not quite how that works. Well, you do distill it, but you distill it from, like, crude oil and tar. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, I'm giving you too much information to enact a bad idea with. Yep. But we are a gaming podcast, in theory. Wait, so what? <laughs> exactly. Not just two jackasses talk about alcohol. So um, I'm not fully convinced. <laughs> me neither with some frequency. Me neither. Uh, but so what have you been up to, man, aside from talking to me about things I sh- totally shouldn't be allowed to do? 
Oh my god! So I have had like a crazy chaos week at work. I know you have too, but that has kept me very much <laughs> out of doing fun things. Yeah, um, it's no excuse because I still do fun things. But but uh, I I've been basically run ragged. But the uh, interesting things that have happened to me is I went to a friend's house for a movie night, and. Um, we were originally going to watch the movie It, but then it like 3 a.m. friggin' rolled around. Or not 3 a.m. It got to like 9 p.m. We're like, it is a three-hour movie. Uh, I got to drive an hour home after this. Yep. So we wound up settle- going through the uh, <laughs> bargain basement nightmare of content that is what's on Netflix in the horror section, which is friggin like egregious because netflix really turns from like new and interesting horror movies to like big boob zombie slayers yep like real fast yep it turns into just straight up like this is just porn (laughs) yep um so the movie we wound up watching was the crow which the I one with I, Brandon Lee. I, 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 was say, I feel like there's a second version of The Crow, and now they're working on a third. There is a or, sequel. Maybe that's I what I'm thinking. I think there's a sequel. Maybe there that's what I'm maybe thinking. There may be a sequel. So I went into this movie with the lowest expectations on the planet because the reason that this movie is famous is because it's the movie that Brandon Lee, son of Bruce Lee, uh, died making. Yep. Because they basically screwed up making a fake gun out of a real gun and turns out the real gun was still pretty good at what it did and they managed to fire like the paper from one of the like the cap gun things into his heart from like two feet away at bullet speeds yep and uh that has changed a lot of laws about making movies mm-hmm. involving uh uh what is it like weapons experts and whatnot yeah it's a famous actually little issue in my end of the industry where it's like it's why when everyone says, hey, we want to have firearms that make sounds, you have the conversation of how important is this really? Yeah. No, seriously, how important is this? Do they yep. like, can they do they point it at a person or can they fire it off over their head? Yeah, you get into a lot or you get into a lot with that. So I went into this movie with this movie got famous on something that wasn't it being a great film. And I was so amazingly surprised at how much I absolutely enjoyed the shit out of that movie. The Crow is not a good movie, but it's not a bad movie. It's it's a cool movie in its own weird way. Oh, yeah. No, completely. Like, the thing is, is it's one of those movies that can do weird random shit because it's not a AAA title, really. Yeah. It was kind of this little, like, independent movie. And there were so many things that I found absolutely great about it for, like, the dumbest reasons. Like, the main character pretty much pretty quickly discovers that he's, like, immortal. Yeah. And the way that that affects your one-liners is really funny. Because, like, there's one scene where he's robbing this, like, pawn shop owner. And the pawn shop owner's like, oh, God, please stop. Just take whatever you want. Just just leave me alone. Just take whatever you want. And he just looks at him and goes, thank you. It, like, says, takes the, take anything you want with just, like, the most sincere thank you, because why should he give a shit? He knows he's immortal. Yeah. And, like, moments like that I found, like, really charming in the dumbest way, and I enjoyed it a ton. 
And also the, like, 90s, 80s throwback of, like, villains driving around blasting Stone Temple pilots well, was pretty amazing. To be fair, that movie was made in the time oh, when completely fair. did that. <laughs> and now the villains in this movie, there is a certain, like, you've got your tropey villains. You've got your masterminds, your sadists. Yep. These are a couple of ones. And then you have Mad Max Fury Road. Yep. <laughs> and um yeah. i'm sorry not fear road you have mad max road warrior uh, like mad the max, original yeah. one where you have i i guess my best description of these people are zealots yeah and they they're not exactly threatening <laughs> they're just wild and crazy and yeah. they're like the type of people that, like scream it like yeah i'm the back and we're the villains woo, 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 woo. They're weirdly like, aware start, they're the bad yeah. guys, too, where it's like, it's yeah, some guy who's like, no, I am just illegal business. It's like, no, we're the bad guys. Yeah, we're, we're aware. villains, 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 villains. Exactly. Like, these over the top nut jobs and all of them are in it. And I found them amazingly hilarious and stupid. Oh, yeah, that, that <laughs> movie it was has great. some strong things in it. Yeah, that movie's like. A lot of things that I guess are polarizing about bad films, it, like, goes over the edge with them in, like, the best way. I was amazed at how much I enjoyed the movie The Crow. <laughs> I, I'm i more surprised you've never seen The Crow before. That's one of those things where I'm like, everyone I know has seen The Crow because they know me. And if they've ever said, hey, I've never seen The Crow, I go, I need to show you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm glad I stumbled into your one of your you-need-to-see-this-movies. I wouldn't go that far. It's more just it's people I tend to be friends with. It's like, you will enjoy this movie. Is it a good movie? No! No. <laughs> no. They, they, this movie also suffers from exposition cop. It, it, um, it's, it's also, it, it has moments where it's yeah. like, okay, you're friends with me now. Do you know who Bruce Campbell is? No? <laughs> Let's fix that. Okay, These strap re- in. This this needs to change. No, it's it's kind of like how dating me, you eventually have to watch the movie Let's Go to Prison. Coming in having already seen that movie is helpful. <laughs> oh my god. So this the crow has this like teenage girl throughout the film. Yep. Who like she contributes nothing to the plot, and she's the, like the most underdeveloped character. And they just try and there. play her off like you should care about her trials just and tribulations. Yeah. <laughs> she's just there. <laughs> oh my god! And then the oh, I could go on to this, but the funny thing is the people who are watching with her like the the crow in this movie, not Brandon Lee, but the actual bird, yep. <laughs> deserved an award for best supporting actor. <laughs> and I said that the car got snubbed at the Oscars. I- there are so many great things in that movie that are not great. Honestly, this is my new, like... So if someone were to say, okay, Jeff, this Halloween, what movie should I watch? Pick from the entire spectrum. I have now two movies to go to. Have you watched One Crow? being Cabin in the Woods because it's like, okay, which type of horror movie do you want? It's kind of all of them. Yeah. And then there's The Crow, which is, this is... Amazing. Okay, so go back and watch Cabin in the Woods now because there are a shit ton of the crow references in it. Dude, I want to go back and watch The Dark Knight because of the crow. Like, whoever saw that... Oh, that's the other thing that makes it so good is clearly whoever wrote the movie The Dark Knight, like the really good Batman one, 
watched The Crow. Yeah. Because there's a lot of scenes that are, like, straight, like, well, not a lot, but there's definitely Enough. one in particular and some that are like, okay, this is kind of on the edge. But the one that's in particular is like, oh, this is just straight lifted from this movie. Yep. Um, but there is, like, a little bit of spoiler, but, like, when he walks into the room with the main bad guy at the end and he's just walking up to them and it's, like, 50 guys at a table, we're watching they just go, it's simple. We kill the Batman. Yeah, a little <laughs> Cause bit. Because he looks like a fucking clown. He's got face paint on and everything. Yep. It's just so perfect. It's like, yep. even like, I guess if he were really drunk and squinted really hard, maybe he looks a little like Heath Ledger, but not well, really. If you take it one step further, <laughs> the Crow and Batman have a surprising number of overlaps. Yes. Do you mean like crossovers? Like comic books no i mean like if you compare the crow the character and batman the character it's like ah, you two are more similar than anyone probably should think about ever yep oh my god that that was great so that was one of the uh the upsides of my weekend um so my after that flew by i watched kakarenbo um so per recommendation of charlie so the beginning is super, super tropey. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. And there are certain things about it I wish were done slightly differently. Oh, yeah. That, that movie is far from perfect. Yeah. All the, the thing is, okay, so Jeff's continuing growing of mo- horror movies to recommend. Kakarembo is only a half an hour, so what do you got to lose? Yeah, it's basically a TV show. It, it's basically just an episode. Yeah. Um. That said, because of that, they do kind of have to, like, get through the plot really fast, and they do literally have, hey, look, there's some exposition on the wall. Yep. Like, <laughs> actually happens, which... I think they literally run... that happens, actually. Like, it's like... Oh, it does. Yeah. They run into a poster that describes the five demons that are, like, chasing them. Yep. And the ending, as far as, like... <sighs> I don't want to spoil too much of it. The last five minutes of that movie are amazing yeah the last five minutes are really good really the second um, the second half of that like if you if that thing is truly a half hour long the first 15 minutes are like okay we got to set a shit ton of shit up and then the second 15 minutes are like and now here's the reveal Fucking yes everything goes nuts now the reveal and stuff really brings that thing full circle yeah. and like really makes it good and also ties together everything at the beginning yep because I'll say straight up, a lot of the exposition doesn't make any fucking sense. Until the end. Well, I, I didn't mean that, but I meant the, like, all the stuff about like their neighboring town and whatnot. None of that comes full circle. Nah, but yeah. And a lot of it's like, sometimes everyone gets together and plays this game. By everyone, we bet seven of you. I... <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and the demons themselves are pretty interesting. Yeah. The one that's pulling the cart, I'm not as yeah, sold that, on, but that the other ones I liked dumb. a lot better. The other ones I liked a lot better. Um, well, And the issue is, there is the best demon. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. the final demon that shows up. Like it's That one is such a holy fuck moment. Yes. Um, so, or just watch the last five minutes of the show or something. Hey, watch the last 15 minutes. It's a half hour. There the are way thing. worse yeah. ways to wor- uh, waste a half hour than watching Kakarembo. <laughs> This is very true. Um, so I watched Kakarembo. I liked it a lot. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I did. I also got to finish on other positive animes, good animes I got to watch. I finished up Helsing this week. 
So my Hellsing rewatching is over. The show is completely amazing and highly recommended and fantastic if you want to sink a lot of time into Halloween. Um, or just in general, that's honestly probably one of the better animes out there. If you've ever said, what's the coolest vampire thing ever made, it might oh, be Hellsing God, Ultimate. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, that said, I do like the way Integra is handled at the end of the original better than at the end of Ultimate. Because without getting too spoilerly, other than like Integra lives through both shows, the way that they hard cut it out of it is in Ultimate, Integra basically turns into an old woman and then probably dies. In the original, uh, Alucard is basically like, I always wondered if you ever thought about drinking my blood. And Integra's kind of like, the thought had crossed my mind. And he cuts himself open, pours his blood into a wine glass, puts it down the table, and then the show cuts out. Yeah. And I liked that little bit better. But other than that, like, I'm, I'm complaining about the postscript of the show. <laughs> like, it, the, the show is pretty wound down at that point in both versions. Well, and they're very different shows at that point, too. Yes. Also, in the ultimate one, not giving away anything really, time has to pass in order to really tie things up. Yes. Like, you can't snap your fingers and the show's over. Fucking Schrodinger's cat. Oh my god, that was amazing. Um, especially because I had no understanding of what was going on with that and why they called him that until like everything together. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. He's everywhere so, and nowhere. Yep. So he was a fantastic character. Yep. Um, and that's really all I got. I mostly did work. <laughs> you play anything or nah? Um, I did. I was going to kind of hold off on this, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you still bring it up in the new segment. So I actually started playing Ruby again. <laughs> okay, we'll cut, we'll um, cut to that later, I suppose. That's, yeah. That was put in news. That got an, uh, That's covered yeah. here, actually. It's more of a playing thing than a news thing. Yeah. So they've... Uh, or for anyone who followed and saw the guide that I made, the game has changed a lot since I made that thing. A lot. <laughs> like, unrecognizable a lot. And so I currently don't understand the fight system at all, which kind of makes that a little difficult. So I'm trying to relearn that. But the big thing about it and why I care is they finally added Team Juniper to the game. So all of the other characters from the show outside of Team Ruby, well, not all of them, but... A bunch of them. They've, they added, they doubled the number of characters in the game, and they all play really unique, and they're really well done, and finally Nora's in the game, so I'm happy as hell. I'm glad that game's getting some support, because I remember looking at it and thinking, that's ah, kind of cool, but there's only, like, what, four characters in the original yeah. game? Yeah. There's only four in the original. They've expanded it out to eight. They've added a couple of game modes, like they have, like, a horde mode and stuff now. Um, which that kind of game kind of lends itself to pretty well. I was very um, curious if they were going to quit that thing after it got released. Like, yep, it's out, whatever. I thought they were, and then they kept releasing stuff slowly. Yeah, we get the occasional comment on YouTube, like, hey, you guys can make an update to this at some point. I'm like, it's changed? Really? Jeff has mentioned nothing. <laughs> Jeff has been out of the loop because Jeff thought he had finished that game. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> Um, but they added a level and they added like horde mode and stuff. And the horde mode is actually pretty interesting because they have, it's basically point defense where you have these like nodes that can die. Yeah. And you can like, or I guess it's more tower defense. And what did they do is they start spreading them throughout the map. So at some point you have to break the party. 
while it's additionally adding more creatures because horde modes, the waves are getting stronger, you have to spread yourself out further and it starts adding more nodes. And you can start spending in-game currency that you start earning through killing motherfuckers to buy, like, turrets and stuff to help you protect and whatnot. So I think that's something interesting going on. Yeah, that's that's got some stuff at that point. Yeah. Um, So... That I did that. I played that with some friends. I made my poor friend Heather watch the entire show of Ruby, and she finally caught up to the current season. She's like, why'd you do that? My heart is broken. I'm so upset right now. <laughs> that show gets fucking heavy at the end. Uh, I, I'd say it gets melodramatic at the end, but... <laughs> no, dude. Fucking heavy. Um, But... I say that, and I guess continuing the news, Ruby Season 4 has officially started as of last weekend. So That's cool. The show's back in season. Time has passed. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> Which means um, you'll be going to one of your um, screening things of it in the foreseeable future. Unfortunately, it actually got canned. They didn't get enough ticket sales. So, oh. um, Unfortunately, the Season 3 will not be happening. Or I would be, or I would have gone to it, and I'd be able to tell you about it, sadly. Mm. Um. That said, that's becoming increasingly more prohibitive because you need to find a six-hour slot Yeah. at that point because the show's getting longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that, I'd say that's probably it. I think I, or I played a bunch of Overwatch. I played a tiny amount of League of Legends. Um, I'm still like Bambi on ice and trying to figure out how to play the game again. Um, I had one hilarious moment where me and my friend played this game and at the end it ranks you between like D and S plus. Sure. And I got like a B and my friend got a B and we both did the most damage on our team and the other people got higher. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> we did most damage to champions and most damage overall. Like what, what are you grading me on? <laughs> no, I did work. <laughs> um, so that was pretty much it for my week. How about you? Um, uh, so uh, sick. Hmm. Said that I think I'm getting sick. (laughs) That's not good. Uh, It's um, I played a little bit more of Gears of War four. I played the Horde mode some. It's Gears of War four. The Destiny Halloween event called the Festival of the Lost finally kicked off. So I mucked around in that for a little while. I, it's weird having that extra event going on has made some of the other grindy parts of that game really a lot more bearable in a weird way because I can... like I like when that game is me stacking four or five kind of activities on top of each other at once and right now I can do that, which I thought was actually a bit of a fault the Rise of Iron had when it came out, where it's like hey, it's... I can't stack stuff. I can't be, like, doing four things at once effectively anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I No, it's, it's the Festival of the Lost. It's, it is what it is. It's not amazing, but I'm running around right now on a witch's broom, which is kind of cool. And nice. stupid, yeah. It's the space witch broom, you know, like like you do. That's been that's mm-hmm. been fun, working on getting that candy from killing fools and stuff like that. But no, nah, it's uh, so I've been kind of playing that, but I've actually been playing a lot more of Mafia Three. Really? Yeah, I Mafia Three is an interesting game. Mm-hmm. It's it's got I'll be upfront about this. It's got some technical issues. It's got some open world jank. I'm playing it on the PC. I've I've had a couple kind of weird moments here and there with it that were like, wait, what the fuck just happened? But at the same time, that game is fucking awesome. 
I watched the E3 footage of it of someone playing it and like the cover combat and like the, it had really seemed like the game had a really good variety of like so run and gun it, stealth it, jump over chest high walls. So it is as the name implies the third iteration in the um Mafia franchise, a franchise that kind of if you ever looked at Grand Theft Auto and said, "Hey, this is a cool game and all, but what if I had to obey like traffic laws and like cops were racist as shit occasionally and shit like that what would that game be like and, and that took place in the 1950s i think this is this is vietnam area You're, the main character's back from okay. vietnam and like the game itself is kind of okay like the ai enemy okay. enemy ai is dumb like unforgivably dumb mm-hmm. but at least the way i'm playing the game I'm super okay with that because the version of the game I am playing is Lincoln Clay, Ku Klux Klan Eye Stabber. Nice. So, as that may imply, the the protagonist for Mafia 3 is Lincoln Clay, black Vietnam veteran, and, like, one of the most likable, gruff, badass characters anti-heroes in recent memory like it's the they do a fantastic job of setting up lincoln's quest for revenge and making lincoln a fantastically interesting character because like he is like he comes in and people like lincoln clay is a fucking badass like before he went to vietnam he was a fucking badass in vietnam the cia was like you're a fucking badass comes back it's like yeah i'm Gonna go to LA, gonna go like working in the steel union, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of but at the same time, like shit's going on at home, so he has to step in and like help shit out, and that's where the game kinda kicks off, where it's like, no, I gotta help my family. That involves like killing a shit ton of Haitians because they've been wrestling with my family's organization, and then like robbing the Federal Reserve, and then I'll skip town kind of thing. Like once things are cool, I'm out, but things don't go as planned. And like I, the way it's presented, like yeah, you're killing lots of people, but the character, the enemies are such, like, blatant racist assholes that you're like, I am gonna enjoy murdering the crap out of you. Yeah, it's like, it's, that's it, awesome. And, like, and the game just feels fantastic. Like, even if they, even if you weren't, like, stabbing some guy that just called you the N-word to your face in the game, like, in a whole, like, tirade about how you're inferior to him because you're black. Stabbing him in the face nine times with your knife would still feel cool. But that added, like, die, motherfucker, you racist asshole factor going on. It's like, fucking yeah! <laughs> you're making the world a slightly better place. Oh, it feels so good! And, like, in... In Hitman, one dead Klansman at a time. Yeah, <laughs> kind of actually. Like it's and it's it's hard to explain how you're like these people are fucking monsters. And don't get me wrong, Lincoln Clay, not a good person, but he's a bad person killing way worse people. And they're like bad on the racist level, where it's like not just are you part of an organized crime syndicate that's forcing heroin in low income neighborhoods. You're also racist assholes. Hmm. Like, special the, places. These are, about. like, the scum of the planet. Yeah, like, in the same way that the new Hitman game I've been playing a lot and enjoying so much, like, everyone in that game like, that you're trying to kill is comedically evil, where it's like, not only is he a successful businessman, he's successful at, like, that kills children for fun and then wears their skin to crazy 
illegal sex parties. Like, that's every person you're killing in this game, like, dialed up on the racist scale, where it's like, it's like, oh, you have to go kill these pimps and you can take over the area. Cool. Yeah, but these pimps, like, kidnap black girls when they're nine, get them super hooked on drugs, and then, like, force them into child porn. So, like, not killing him is the wrong thing to do, actually. Yeah, you should murder the crap out of him. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and I, yeah, that, that's one way to get some to get you really invested in murdering the shit out oh, of character. Oh, it's it's and like gunplay in the game is fine, but it has really good feeling shotguns, like really good feeling shotguns, like some of the best shotguns I've played in a video game with feeling in a long time. And then this game has this extra mechanic in it where like when you kill an enemy, weird stuff happens. Where like if you shoot them near a window. They will fall out of that goddamn window for that added cinematic effect. There's a lot of really good environment kills. It's not environment kills. The game has a programming that the um, enemies, when they die, try and do something cool. The the developers talked about how they're like, no, we scripted it so if you shoot a guy in the leg, he'll try and fall over a table. And that occasionally leads to some funny scenarios. There was a time where I was engaged in a shootout and I have a shotgun, and I'm shooting guys as they come into the room, and they're like staggering backward and falling out of the window. And it got to the point where I'm like, I'm going to shoot this guy, and he will find that window to fall out of because he is dead. And that's what dead people do in this shootout. They go out. <laughs> we can't be stepping over bodies in this room. Get yeah, your corpse out of here. Yeah, and it's, some of the writing for the game, like the the game drives as hard as it can into super racist Louisiana. And like initially, I was kind of like, "Will this gimmick get tired?" And like, no, this gimmick's actually really cool. Not in the that racism is cool, but in the like, it makes it feel incredibly real and like. The, the characters, the main character's anger, like feels completely justified, and it adds this kind of rich, like, extra flavor to the game. A lot of games don't have, and it's not like it's not making a commentary. It's like, no, this is how it was. Read into it as much as you want. Racism's bad. Go kill these Ku Klux Klan members. Mm-hmm. Interrupt this cross burning and push some dude into that cross for revenge. Mm-hmm. Do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and but beyond that, the game that game handles really well. It's the area of cars I think is cool, so it's fun tooling around in muscle cars and some kind of the old cool mm-hmm. that era's. Kind so of- I remember watching people play Mafia Two, and Mafia Two is, or I guess I was wrong with fifties. It's like the nineteen twenties. Right? Yeah, that that sounds rightish. This is God. Like when was Vietnam? Seventies, sixties, seventies? Have been sixties, I yeah. think. I'm having a mind moment, but yeah, it's it feels we'll the year. it feels fantastically of that era, and as a result, you have an amazing in-car soundtrack. Like there are great moments in that game. Like you complete a mission, and you and your four buddies, like the song "I Fought the Law" and the law won after you've just robbed a bank comes on, and you and your four buddies in your car start belting that out as part of a scripted moment. It's like this is so fucking good. Like this is exactly what you want. Technically, the Vietnam War lasted from 1955 to 1975? Yeah, it's it's the 60s, 70s end of it. 20 years. It's way longer than I thought it Damn. was. Damn. Huh. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah. That could make me look like an idiot on a podcast someday. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh. it's a... The game is really cool, and I think it's... A, the game is definitely not the best game. Like, enemy AI is... Like I said, like unforgivably dumb, but at the same time, like 
killing dumb AI is super okay in this game because like everyone you're killing is such an un like un forgivably bad individual. Yeah, like they're all the biggest pieces of shit ever. Where you're like, no, I'm just gonna kill everyone in this level. Why? Not because I should, but because I want to. Because like I'm invading like the the the, the Knights of Dixie stronghold. Mm-hmm. Fuck these guys! Like. I'm not here for the objective. I'm here to put as many of you bastards out of your yeah, and, and, and that's how I'm can. playing the game. Where it's like it's not so much Lincoln Clay taking over not Louisiana or not um yeah, New Orleans the the city kind of thing. It's it's Lincoln Clay racist killer. Nice. It's like and he happens to be doing other things. Where it's like no 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 if like. Maybe you could say this game might be better if it was a more linear thing, because the story... I actually missed talking about this. The storytelling stuff is done as kind of this, like, post-documentary about Lincoln Clay, where they have cutscenes where it's people talking about stuff you did, and it has this, like, fucking amazing moment where your sidekick, this, um... Your handler from the CIA is, like, being debriefed by a court, and they're like, did you and Lincoln Clay conspire to kill all of the guy that wrongs you's crime family organization? He goes, fucking yeah, we did. It's like, yes! These are the mm. people I wish to associate, where it's like, okay, I work for the CIA. You want to go kill all these people? Yeah, fucking let's go! <laughs> nice. What'd they do? Shot my adopted family? Call me some racial slurs and burn my bar down. And you're going to kill all of them, right? Fucking yeah, I am. Fucking yeah, let's go. Let's do this. You're going to stop at killing all of them. I might go further. No, and it's If it, they have any loved ones or pets nearby, it, it, it might get ugly. No, it's one of those things where it's like I've played so many video games of this type where it's like I'm just playing the angry anti-hero protagonist, but they did such a great job of setting up Lincoln Clay where it's like, no, I genuinely like Lincoln Clay. Like, he's a cool dude. I I would like getting a beer at Lincoln Clay. At the same time, he's a six foot four murder monster fresh from back from Vietnam, who's like, fucking yeah, four purple hearts, a bunch of distinguished medals, like, special forces. He's the guy that you like, we can't take this position. Get Clay on it. Why? He'll deal with it. <laughs> it just feels like that. Like, where it's like, you've been told this dude's a fucking badass, and then you're being a fucking badass. It's like, fucking yeah, this guy's a badass. Lincoln motherfucking Clay. That's awesome. Well, yeah, that, that's that's Mafia Three. It's 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 okay, I guess, or something. I to, to rein it back in some like this is a game you definitely play for the world and the story and the experience. The, the second to second gameplay, while like the stealth parts of it are pretty cool, feeling the, the combat feels good. It's got some moments though, like the any. Like I, I keep saying the any. It is hard to stress how unbelievably dumb the enemy AI is and how it like it kind of feels shooting gallery occasionally where it's like and they're just going to come at me okay shotgun time mhm mm which not a bad thing because the way I'm playing that game I'm kind of okay with it and there there's a whole stealth system built into the game that feels really good i it, it, it it's one of the best feeling games recently where it's like despite its many shortcomings and don't get me wrong they're there. It it also has the great moment of me like choking some racist dude out, throwing him over my shoulder, and then dumping him in the swamp and watching alligators eat his corpse for me. It's like, that's cool. That's real cool. 
You didn't have to stick around and watch. Yeah, but I wanted but you, to. But I did because I saw alligators and wanted to know what happened. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's... That's what I've been playing. I By the time this podcast comes out, Titanfall 2 will be out, so I'll be poking around in that probably because Titanfall 2 intrigues the crap out of me. And I I played the one of the tech demo things, the betas for it, and... It was intriguing, and I guess my reaction was, I'm like, I could at least play the single player of this. I like the movement. I like the combat for it. Let's let's check that when it actually comes out. So that'll be up by the time this is up. So maybe there'll be some videos or something of that in circulation soonish by the time you're hearing this, but I make no promises. I will definitely not be playing multiplayer because I am bad at Call of Duty multiplayer. It is <laughs> too fast. Now, and on top of that, I went to a um, concert over the weekend um Ailstorm. Just, just a little band called Ailstorm. That, so this is a I'm at a weird point with Ailstorm where they perform at a venue called the Whiskey Go-Go and the, uh, the Whiskey Go-Go is an incredibly important influential kind of world-known concert venue in LA and it's it's real cool the first like five times you go there but I think I've reached a point where I am now like I'm over this it, it's this is the place you play at if you're starting off. Like, it's it's where so many amazing bands got their start with their first major show kind of thing, which is cool. But it's also not a huge concert venue, and it's definitely not the best concert venue. It's a fun concert venue, but I, I, I unless a band I really want to see is playing there, it has now become a reason, I think, for me not to go to a concert there. Mm-hmm. Not at the same time, the two Ailstorms in a weird spot where, like, they should be playing bigger venues, but they were playing Whiskey A Go Go. It's like, you are. Because I'll wind it back a second. Like, it was kind of. They weren't leaning into their pirate gimmick as much as they normally do. It was kind of this. Hey, should you explain to our adoring public what. Oh, sure. Yeah, Ailstorm (laughs) is a. it's a pirate metal band, the same way a Monomarth <laughs> is a Viking metal band, meaning that um, they write songs about piracy and drinking. and I, I think Wenches and Mead. Wenches and Mead, yes, is one of their favorite, uh, famous songs. I, lots of things about sailing about the world for treasure and loot and broadsides and stuff like that. Like, I, Literally, they're a pirate band, and they typically dress as pirates and like lean super hard into their pirate gimmick. This was not that show. They had like a giant seven foot tall inflatable duck on stage. Their like graphic was a duck that was also a banana. It was like it's like I, you've always been kind of hipster. Like this is the most hipster you've ever been, and you're not pirates for this tour, which is weird. It's still the hmm. same music, which I'm okay with. But like, where's the pirate stuff? Yeah, them out of pirate garbs, kind of yeah, weird and off putting. Very. That's I, I don't know how to react. Yeah, to that. I wasn't either. Like, and I've seen them before in the same venue, and they were full pirate garb, and it was a fuck. It's like one of the best concerts I've ever been to, and I'm like, it's the same venue, it's the same band. Like, they're not they're not worse. It just wasn't as like over the top as they normally are, which was sad. But I think it's very much a like they need to be in bigger venues than the whiskey at this point, and I have like just, I don't want to be at the whiskey anymore. It's purely a I don't want to be here. You guys should be in better places. Let's both grow together. Yeah, exactly. It's like we both have outgrown this venue. You are too successful, and I am just old enough where I'm like, man, fuck this place. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. In continuous Google searching of them, I still can't find this banana thing. You yeah, I've, I, I, I have never seen that involved with them ever before. So it's kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. This one's strange. Uh, yeah, but uh, so they were. It was part of something called the um, Turbo Smash Tour. They kind of give a little theme to their tour normally, and this was um, pirates versus goblins versus bears. And I guess the, nice. the the big kind of fun part of it was the first two opening bands were a band called Aether Realm followed by Necrogoblicon or Necrogoblicon. And Aether Realm had a had was a Vikingish band. They're they're actually pretty solid. I I might buy some of their stuff. They were. Never heard of them, but decent enough. They're from North Carolina, and their lead singer slash guitarist does the um, bear cloak style thing, hence the bear. And then Necrogoblicon, kin, whatever they're pronounced, one of their band members dresses up as a goblin and just mm-hmm. kind of fucking tools around stage. So it was mm-hmm. pirates versus goblins versus bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's pretty cool. If you want pictures, find these something. Oh, I found Jeff some... D and D character at the uh, com- at the uh, concert as well. There's a picture- as according to Charlie. <laughs> There's a picture of him standing next to the goblin from um, Necrogoblicon. Mm-hmm. Uh, find it on the SWS Instagram. It's out there. I if you find mine, there's a bunch of shots in the concert as well, which fun. That's what most of my Instagram is actually. But yeah. Oh, I f- I found it. The big rubber duck and the like goose-headed bananas. Yep. What the fuck is this shit? Yep. Like, straight up, what the fuck is this shit? Yep. I, I should have been suspicious when Aether Realm, the Bear Viking guys, had Thomas the Tank Engine for their drumhead cover, which was funny, but at the same time, it's like, this is weird. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this. Yeah. Yeah. Hailstorm, don't betray me. I... I they're not worse as a band. The gimmick was just like, yep, we're not doing the pirate thing. But you guys are the pirate thing. Like, you're Ailstorm. You're one of the two really successful pirate metal bands. The other being Swashbuckle, the guys you have a feud with. <laughs> That's weird. Extremely. Very. Well, for those out there, if you've never checked out Ailstorm, it's a good time. You should check out Ailstorm. They sing about drinking, almost exclusively about drinking. Mm-hmm. And they are here and to piracy drink. as a consequence of drinking. And they are here to drink your beer. Yep. But yeah, that's about it for my week. Uh, Mafia Three took up a big chunk of it, stabbing people in the neck and stuff. Uh, but so, um, ready for news? I am ready for news. So it's it's a pretty short news week, I, I guess. After the kind of the like eruption that was news last week of Red Dead and the Switch, I'm not the Switch. Yeah, yeah. I guess to start off with some Switch news. Nintendo has confirmed we will hear more about the Switch in January, but they're not saying anything else up until then. They will reveal price, game lineup, system specs, and other details, air quotations. So, yeah, if you're hoping for more between now and then, we got nothing. But they're Listen, it's being out of three already. Yeah, Please. but, but they, <laughs> there will be an event on January 12, 2017. Now, Rockstar, I want you to release the next Red Dead Redemption trailer on January 12th, too, to continue just, like, being like... <laughs> 11th? Yeah. No, I want 11th, the, just to one of them. I want on the 12th to take some of the wind out of Nintendo again, where it's like, you may watch one of two trailers. Choose. Uh, I'm choosing Red Dead. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought I, I still think this is a funny coincidence where it's like in some ways the biggest gaming news of the year happens on the same day and at least one of those guys is probably pissed at the other uh, well I, I didn't, don't remember seeing Rockstar on the list of uh, partners yeah <laughs> yeah well so moving on from that though uh, Windows 10 is getting some built in game streaming support Kind of similar to the Xbox One. Shocker. Coincidence. Uh, none of the above, I don't think. But uh, it's it's called Ugh. Beam. Beam. Yeah, that's not a terrible name or anything. Jim Beam. Sure. Uh, but basically what it is, it kind of copies the Xbox One's uh, streaming integration where you can live broadcast whatever's on your computer for more per for all purposes i got revealed at a microsoft event i guess it really will. depends on how good it is because the only thing that makes me choose between obs and xsplit is which one happens to run the game better yeah i it's i i guess the, the thing i'm concerned about is is this a streaming thing or will it own like it can i plug my capture device into my computer and will it recognize that because i could imagine this is just like Hey, you have a computer game open, and it's one you open from the Xbox Store. Let us stream that for you, which is mm. cool, but at the same time, I have OBS, and OBS is fine. All that and yeah. well done. Yeah. It's quite well done kind of thing. Like, it's... it. Yeah, it, it's neat that they're putting this stuff into Windows 10. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's also kind of like the NVIDIA streaming or capture stuff where it's like, I didn't ask for this. I don't want this. How do I turn this off and or uninstall this to free up processing space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's got some... It's, it's, it looks like a streaming platform, the pictures that exist of it. It's fine. Mm. There's a website you can go to if you wish to learn more. It's beam.pro, which is always a... Interesting. That one's awkward. Yeah, not, nothing. A lot of people are definitely winding up at some wrong websites. Yep. You heard it here first. Possibly. Possibly. But yeah, it's it, it looks like a streaming website. It's got stuff. I have not checked it out. Maybe look forward to the official Something Wicked Studios stream account, uh, Beam account, because fuck it. Why not? <laughs> SWS. I mean, OBS, OBS and XSplit go to all of them, right? Possibly. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. go to lots of them, like you streaming ones I'd never heard of previously. Well, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, oh, we we stream ex- we stream quite happily to vape.tv. Vape.tv. I don't know why they let us stream to it. Fair. No. We want you to focus more on vaping. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Then get rid of your account. That's also not happening. Why? Because I like having a vape.tv account. The emails are fantastic. Fair enough. Yeah, but um, if you want to go watch some uh, Vapor's live stream, go check out some vape.tv. It's terrible. Hmm. Get to watch people smoke. But moving on to actual news, not just how terrible vape.tv is. Um, remember that small game Evolve that we gave a distinguished award to? And its sequel. And its sequel. It got a sequel? Or at least I remember its sequel. No, it went free to play. They made the second one is uh Evolve. Free to play. 
Yeah, Evolve. No, no. Like the game where you play or you chase around a monster and they like redid the game. Okay, so the sequel is just the original game going free to play. No, yes. they changed a lot. Uh, but it, it's not mm-hmm. a new game. It's just Evolve went free to play for the for quote the sequel you have in your mind. It's why it's got pulled off Steam. Evolve Stage Two. It's not a sequel though. It's just the or, it's the same game free to play package. All right. Whatever, it's still a piece of steaming shit. Yeah, so um, the creators behind it, Turtle Rock, are no longer working on the game. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, feel like this is a good thing. This is I, good news. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing their talents <laughs> used somewhere more interesting, but I, I, I was more surprised people were still working on Evolve, which I guess kind of makes sense given the new free-to-play angle of it. But After all of my money they took, how did they go out of business? I, Jeff single-handedly supporting <laughs> Evolve 2 development. With one with one purchase. I, Fucking... Uh. Yeah, I... Evolve, you will not be missed, slash, I thought you were already not being supported, so there. Mm-hmm. It's, but then again, freaking, um, what's that game that is coming out soon that's getting a sequel? Watch Dogs. The, like, there's some weird, this defies logic, why'd you, how and why did you get a sequel? Well, Watch Dogs at least did, it sold well. Like, it, it had some problems after that, but it sold well. Like, it, it made Ubisoft money. Mm-hmm. And in concept, it was cool-ish. I don't like it. I, I my my issues with Watch Dogs aside, like there are people that work for something Wicked Studios that like Watch Dogs. They're named Jim, and they're wrong. But like <laughs> he he genuinely thinks that game is okay. He's on the same team of Aiden Pierce as the worst video game protagonist ever. But that's a separate topic. Mm-hmm. Like it's in concept, that game's not bad. It just does lots of things that aren't great either. Like, it's, its biggest crime is it never does anything bad enough to be a bad game. It's just kind of a, yeah, I don't want to play this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were, or I guess back to the original part of this tangent about Evolve. Or, oh, no, you already said that. It's yeah. just it's being discontinued. It's not being discontinued. You can still play it, but it's no longer being de- worked on by the original developers. If this mm-hmm. means 2K has, like, a B team working on it because the free-to-play stuff... The world may never know. I it's I got the impression it got a kind of a spike in it got a spike in activity based on the free to playness of it, but I don't think it's ever kind of taken off the way people well thought it might. And mm-hmm. yeah, I it's still fun remembering how many people were like, This game is the fucking coolest thing ever. And I was sitting there being like, This game does not look cool at all. In fact, what else do you do in the game? Because this actually looks kind of boring as shit. I guess going back on everything I just said and the amount of emotion I used in it, the concept wasn't something I was totally unsold yeah. on. It was just the execution and running simulator. Oh, no. it's If you want to go check out... we did a, I did a look at the beta of it at one point, and like, the idea is cool. The game itself is not cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it. Exactly. Hopefully, we will not be hearing more about Evolve in the future, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Moving on, um, Rockstar is uh, Rockstar Online's or not Rockstar Online's Grand Theft Auto Online's big three-year anniversary is coming up. 
we're in the kind of I think by the time you're hearing this, it may have already come and passed. It happened around happens around Halloween. It's a big deal. And they're giving out free money as of because of this. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to every player who plays that game kind of thing or logs in during a certain time period. They are also cracking the fuck down on cheaters. Mm -hmm. And deleting trillions of Grand Theft Auto Online dollars. And mm -hmm. in Grand Theft Auto Online, that, that seems like a big number, but when people literally print money. Yeah, it's... I, I I have been I have been constantly impressed by Rockstar's continual support of that game. Like the efforts they've gone to to get rid of the modders and the cheaters and it I like it a lot. It's I I still play that game at least probably once a week for a couple hours. Where it's like, "Hey, what's up with this now? Oh, I'll go do this for a little while or something." Like I really like in concept Grand Theft Auto Online. I wish there was more of a game there. Like I I'm not sure how you'd fix it. Like I want more of the Destiny stuff where it's like I can go do crap and feel good about spending an hour just kind of grinding out some shit but yeah i it's I, I more find the concept of trillions of dollars being deleted fascinating because people are busy posting pictures of like man where'd my four billion go were you cheating well yeah bye-bye mm -hmm. yeah i'm surprised at your surprise yes it's like you understand that you were breaking the rules right mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah uh, so, um, this is actually a topic we don't talk about much because it doesn't affect us really all that much. All the games we play and review and talk about, we get on launch day, if not later in Jeff's case. But, um, Bethesda <laughs> is now joining the club of people that will not be allowing reviews to come out before their game does. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I mean, I can understand why devs want that. I honestly am surprised that they haven't been enforcing that more often. Yes, you already. have companies like Ubisoft that already have, like, the day one review embargoes and shit like that. And I, I get it. I, I really do get the idea of why. It, it's bad for business in concept. But at the same time, every time a company says, hey, we're not doing we're not letting you do reviews prior to the release of the game, it always feels shitty because it's like, okay, you're obviously doing this because you're worried reviews might eat into your profit margin some or might decrease your sales some, and I get that. It's not like they're wrong, though. No, they're not wrong, but at the same time, it's also yeah. like, maybe your game shouldn't suck if you're this worried about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I. As someone who's pretty hard on Bethesda across the board, I'm not surprised they're doing this because I, I don't think the follow like the Fallout game that I think in hindsight Fallout Four has not had the same critical acclaim Fallout Three had or Skyrim for that matter, and I part of me wonders if like people had had like knowing what that game is now compared to what Fallout Three was, I will always wonder if it would have gotten as much of a like fucking yeah as it did as it did on release mm -hmm. but that's not my place to judge because yeah I didn't even bother finishing that game mm -hmm. yeah thoughts on this I know kind of you play League of Legends and the idea of having reviews for patch notes for League of Legends isn't really a thing um it's not in the way like it's not, is this patch good or bad? It's, what do you do from here? People, yeah. like, take in the information, grind it up, and then pick a direction. Oh, no, it's I... not like a 
piss and moan about it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you buy all your games like a month or two at least after they've come out typically, so mm-hmm. the idea of waiting's not a new thing for you, but I, it's... I, I understand why the companies want it, because the thing is, is I am the demographic of people who are going to sit, wait, and wait for the game to come out, let reviews pile up and see what the game's, you know, kind of, uh, what would be the word for it, like, perception is? Yeah. Um, before getting involved in it. And I can understand why game devs don't want people to, like, the game comes out, they're like, someone's just, you know... This game is god-awful, terrible, don't buy it, and then all of a sudden they're losing money because someone like – there are some people that are really big whose opinions really have a lot of influence. No, and I, I get that. I absolutely do. But at the same time, I go back to be like, don't fucking release a shitty game then. Like, if if a review could really negatively impact the sales of your games that severely, why are you putting it out? Like, that's – don't the problem do I that. have with that is I am against all things that make companies risk averse. And because if they're afraid on every single game coming out and being poorly received, it's not going to increase the quality of games. Companies are just going to be safer when they release them. You're just going to wind up with shittier, more blank slate, cookie cutter games. I guess but at the same time, I lean into the like, I've never been turned off from a review of a game I thought looked cool. It's when they're like, yeah, this game isn't good because there's constant screen tearing or something where it's like it's a mechanical issue then i go okay that's bad like like the shooting controls are really bad those aren't the reviews that usually tank a game that they're worried about though yeah because technical things at this point we're all pretty numb to day one technical glitches i i'm not i i i think sometimes we give people a pass when it's like no this game came out kind of shitty. You have a 13 gig day one patch. Yeah, you fix it, but that's also not acceptable. Mm-hmm. But but that's also not a barometer anyone's going to choose to or not to play a game. No, on. I know. The technical stuff isn't what they're worried about. It's the the storylines bleak. The characters are flat. It's the actual like review of like what you're being handed more less than a mechanical piece. No, and, but I, I also think that's a very fair reason not to buy a game. Like, it, it, it's no more complicated than, like, it, I'll go back to it again. If a review can really negatively impact your sales that badly, chances are it's not a good game. And by being like, fucking yeah, you should buy this totally, you're, you're being mildly dishonest at that point. You're, you're not tricking people because people can make their own decisions, but... I think there should still be a system out there where you can get a heads up where it's like, hey, um, this game you're super excited for, it's got some problems. Here they are. Well, you're assuming, one, that the game developers are actively releasing games, that they're just like, yeah, the thing's a piece of shit. I played Watch Dogs, too. I played Watch Dogs 1, I mean. Yes, they are out there. I mean, Kane and Lynch exists. But also, there's a lot of games that go out there that these devs are putting out that they think are fine or operating as intended, and all of those guys are going to be extremely punished for it. I'm not convinced Especially of that. in the indie market. <laughs> That's different, though. Like, it's the... Indies are a little different. Like, it's... Bethesda's not an indie studio, either. It makes Fallout and Skyrim and Doom, technically. They make more than that, though. <laughs> but they make big stuff, normally. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a lot of publishing work on like they might, they do the, Shitsville other crap. Yeah, but this isn't that end of it. They're this is more of the 
hey, these are like this is more feels more in reaction of big games, I guess. But because especially with them building these big games, like imagine if for whatever reason Fallout Three tanked, like we wouldn't have this company anymore. Skyrim would have never happened. <laughs> a world without Skyrim. That sounds like a glorious world. Mm-hmm. A world without the Skyrim HD release even sounds better. <laughs> well, I for one like Skyrim. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I prefer when companies like take gambles on things. No, like <laughs> Resident Evil Four. Like, if you bring up Resident Evil Four, where it's like Resident Evil Three and Resident Evil Four are drastically different games. Resident Evil Four is an offshoot from the storyline that everyone had been. I don't know if attached to is the word for it, but getting invested in. And someone comes in and says, I want to do all these different things. I go, no, that's too no, big of a No, but at the same like, time, though, Resident Evil 4 is the perfect example of we took a wild gamble on a bunch of stuff, and it's the best Resident Evil. It's the stuff. So, when that doesn't pan out, though, and these game devs get slammed, or even the fact that there's a risk there that they will... You're shrugging, but they're the ones who have to gamble with millions of dollars and put their dinner on the table. I still paid money for it, too, I guess. I feel I'm entitled to kind yeah. of shrug my shoulders at that, where it's like... I, and, and the reality is, it's like a good gamble I've never seen fail. It's when it's like Resident Evil 5. It's like, we're doing the same thing as 4, just not as good. Say, Resident Evil's kind of a weird example, because they're the company that seems like they'll try anything, no matter how shitty it is. Yes. Um... Like, and at the same time, they shouldn't be discouraged from doing that. No, they shouldn't be. Because one of those things could have been a gem. It didn't. But at the but same time, though, too, maybe someone should dice be sitting. Times. Like, but at the same time, though, too, given how much they gamble, I think it's unfair to be like, and we're not telling you ahead of time this game has some issues. We're putting There's, this out because we have to. You're, I feel like we're having two different conversations because when you say issues, you're like screen tearing or it doesn't like, games don't come packaged perfectly anymore bad story is not a, a, a bad i'm more story worried about like story. we implemented like a full new mechanic and it didn't pan out or that's like, a mechanic at that like issue, a brink like, like the brink system being like they took a risk when they invented the brink system it didn't pan out no it did not and i think or i think that the brink system had a lot of good ideas yep. that honestly probably got enacted into other games and if they didn't take that gamble other stuff would look differently at this moment yeah but at the same time though too I i'm not saying like you shouldn't take risks and i'm not saying you it's more it's the like that game was a bad game it did not sell well because it was a bad game mm -hmm. it didn't sell badly because people reviewed it badly it reviewed badly because it was a bad game and mm -hmm. people caught on to that fact really quickly and that all works then? No, no my point is oh. more, though, it's like when you start not letting people know about a game's maybe faults prior to it, you're not on the McMahon form decisions. And in a world where we're still pushing pre-orders the way we are, it's like, yeah, you're pre-ordered. A, don't pre-order anything ever. Mm-hmm. Especially because they don't even monetizely, monetarily reward you for that. Um, really Amazon anymore. does, but... Amazon does? Yeah, if you have Prime, you get discounts. Okay. But yeah, it, it, we're now very much backing into a corner where the people are pushing for, like, you should totally pre-order this, and the smart consumers going with, never pre-order anything ever because reasons. Mm-hmm. But There's I... a million reasons. <laughs> yeah. So, so many reasons. But I... 
I feel like we've beaten this one to death enough, probably. Yep. Yeah, so moving on from that, uh, we didn't talk about this because I wasn't totally sure what's going to happen, but the voice actors are on strike. Hmm. Um, I think we have talked about... a particular about company, or... They are like... striking against Activision, EA, Insomniac, and more. Okay. Uh, uh, to, to give you the full list, Activision, Blind Light Corp... Uh, Blind Light... Corpse of Discovery Films. Uh, no, that's... It's the, the various guilds are striking, I guess. I don't know how this system works exactly. Say, because usually I thought that, like, companies like Funimation, where you had, like, a translation and voice acting studio kind of deal... Yeah. ...would, like, pick up and then do a very specific thing. Yeah, and they're striking against uh, video game companies specifically. Okay. And it's the sack after stuff. They're it's against game devs. They're all the ones you'd expect. Mm -hmm. um, you can find the official strike notice on the internet if you wish to read it. Uh, it's I didn't read too much into this. It's more of a they are striking. The official why we're striking is sag after uh, tried for more than 19 months to negotiate a new deal with employers in the video game industry. Meanwhile, performers have been governed by more than two decades old contracts still in place that has left voice actors without the protection necessary to work in the modern video game industry. SAG-AFTRA has gone to negotiations to negotiation table serious, uh, yeah, with serious concerns affecting the voiceover and stunt performers said SAG-AFTRA Chief Contact Officer Ray Rodriguez it's time, <coughs> excuse me, it's time for video game employers to take our concerns seriously and negotiate a modern contract based on actor safety industry precedent and practices. So a lot of this sounds like mocap. Yeah, and that's become more and more of a thing. Mm -hmm. So, and the full list of who's being struck, um, Activision Publishing, Inc., Blind Light, LLC, Corpse of Discovery Films, Disney Channel, Disney Character Voices, Inc., Electronic Arts Production, Inc., Formosa Interactive, EA LLC. EA had to be on there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Insomniac Games, Interactive Associates, Inc., uh, Take Two Interactive Software, Voice Worlds yeah, Productions, probably... <laughs> Inc., and Wait, WB Games. I was waiting for EA to like come out and be like, "Yeah, we paid for our name to be not first on this list." Yeah. <laughs> now, so I feel like we've talked we... about this at least once on the podcast, where this has been brewing for a little while. Like, there's been rumblings of, "Hey, um, this might happen." But I wasn't totally sure when it if it was actually going to. But yeah, we're we are officially in the voice actor strike, and mm -hmm. it could affect games because if there's no voice acting actors available, games don't get voice acted. I feel like this is one of the things that like there are a lot of people that want to break out into this industry, but it's so tightly kept, and additionally, like. It's one of those things where you get one voice actor, but you get you know five or six characters out of them. Like you, you are now, don't. you are now talking about scabs, and what I'm sure a yeah. couple of people will be doing. The issue is that gets real murky real quick on this type of stuff, and SAG AFTRA is not one you necessarily want to fuck with. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Is this unionized? SAG is, yeah. Okay, so they're so they're actually a part of the Screen Actors Guild. Yes, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, that is scab work. It's just the, or it's just kind of a moment, I guess, or that I understand of like, um, I think it was, uh, someone told me that this was a quote by either Steve Blum or Nolan North, who basically said like, if you want to become a voice actor, it's not really possible because you basically have to wait for me to die. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know how valid that the sentence I just dropped is, but I'm pretty sure it's relatively true that if you want to be a voice, you basically have to wait for Steve Blum to kick the bucket. Well, the fact that I have played a video game where Nolan North talks to Nolan North should tell you all you need to know about that situation. Yeah. Um, So because of that, like, it almost seems like they, there's select few individuals that almost, like, run the thing. It's not so much running uh, it. I hope they come to an agreement. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the strike will or uh, will slow down or potentially halt development of games that went to production after February 17th, 2015. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. All right. Yeah, it's... Yeah, don't let this turn into another Twinkies, guys. I don't know what that means, actually. Twinkies went away because the unions, the... Uh... Or what was I forget what it was basically ho or the company that made Twinkie went out of business because them and their union couldn't uh no fair I, I couldn't bring it together and then I have never who's heard that purchased, story. someone's purchased them now hostess hostess is making them now I think so okay yeah they're being made under someone else's name it's no longer the like Twinkie brand yeah <clears throat> sorry my voice is getting really deep right now that's no, fine I think the sickness is real. <laughs> The sexy, uh, the sexy voice Jeff is coming back with the That doesn't exist, and you know it. <laughs> I don't Deep know voice Jeff, one thing. Sexy voice Jeff, that is a myth. It's true. <laughs> Perpetuated by this podcast. But um, so our last oh piece of news before I cut you loose on the horror topic is um, mm-hmm. from our, uh, our, our favorite thing to kick around. Um, the Division's back. The Division is it's back. It's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man, that horse just, every time you think it's a dead horse on the earth, it just gets back up. So the division is back with um, 1.4, the first player-tested patch the game has received. Remember that whole big thing they were doing of the uh, public test servers? They finally got a public beta. Uh, Yeah, and it's got a variety of changes, most of which actually seem positive. Uh, The biggest thing they've fixed is that you can now scale the general world to match your character level, which is kind of a no-fucking-brainer already, so you can get better loot without going into the dark zone, which is prohibitive mm-hmm. to some people. It's This does not talk about them fixing my biggest issue, which is I think the combat is still kind of bad, but mm-hmm. they're attempting to fix the other issues, like the loot system, the grindiness of it, without overhauling the game too much i uh, go the division for continuing to kick i guess but at the same time this is way too little way too late for me at this point Mm -hmm. yeah they'll need to do something earth shattering it's not even earth shattering like it literally comes down to fundamentally change the way enemies take damage that is how you will get me to ultimately come back to this game. Like, it's the... I have a very specific issue, and it's that I can put an entire clip, sometimes four, into an enemy, and that's not fun. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Fair. That's your division update for the week, I guess. We haven't <laughs> had one in a while. Woo! They're, they're trying to extinguish the fire in that dumpster. Glad to see they're back. Yep. The division. That said, this is the first water I've the first drop of water I've seen in the division fire in a long time. Yeah. Mostly it's been just like, you know, gasoline. The division. Shit, why was this back. in a water bottle? Yeah, basically. 
Stop pouring <laughs> alcohol on the fire, damn it! <laughs> Charlie, stop making jet fuel that looks like water. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it for news this week. Uh, kind of a slow week. Um, I was expecting more Halloween shenanigans out of people, but maybe I'll come Apparently next week. everyone kept their chill this year. Evidently. I, I don't know. All right, yeah, so um, Jeff, I know you're sitting there giddy like a schoolboy on whatever. I don't know where the, that metaphor goes. Um, our main topic this week is going to be horror games, a topic I can't contribute too much to because they've only ever made like five horror games I actually like. Mm-hmm. Jeff, on the other hand, is um, an enthusiast, a, a connoisseur of the horror gaming world. Um. What label would you sort give of. yourself? Uh, I like horror, or I like survival horror games. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, go nuts. So first off, I'm gonna say that the horror game that like probably got me into horror games and one that we always talk about is Resident Evil Four. And I'm probably gonna take this moment to basically say, if you haven't played Resident Evil Four, even though it's an older game, play Resident Evil Four. <laughs> they keep releasing it for a reason. Yeah. It keeps coming around for a reason. That game is so well done. It's an over-the-shoulder shooter that, like, everything in the game is intentionally done to be difficult. I remember the friend who, when I first played that game, was on the motherfucking GameCube. And I had to play the game, and then I had to wait, like, several months for my to get it myself for PlayStation 2 because I did not own a GameCube. Yeah. And from that... I was able to play the game, and it has a lot of good horror elements in it in that, like, you know, it has, or I'm not even sure if it has many jump scares in it. Oh, no, it does. They're few and far between, but they're in there. Um, But the thing about it that really brings it together is the survival horror aspect, which that game has a system of... Well, one, it has the most unique inventory system I've ever encountered with the briefcase system. A lot of other games do that. Do they now, or do they previously? Uh, both is the answer. Not it, it became more popular after that, definitely, but that was not a unique thing to that game. Like, even Dead oh. Space did that, I think. Dead Space came, like, eight years yeah, after but, Resident Evil. No, but it's, it's been a thing in horror for a little while. <clears throat> um, But... The things that make it crazy difficult are, one, you cannot purchase ammo. You All the in-game currency in the world, the game will not sell you bullets to go in the guns. You have to find all your bullets. And the game has kind of a system of health, money, ammo. Pick two. And um, you'll find yourself sometimes like, I have a lot of health and a lot of ammo, but I have no upgrades because I'm broke as a joke. Or I have really well upgraded guns with a lot of ammo, but uh, I'm this boss is going to one shot me because my health so low. Yeah. Or the third option, which is okay, I'm going into this fight with two bullets and a dream. Let's do this. And the game really forces you to. If it isn't a headshot, it you might as well have missed. Like basically, the game's headshots only. Um, and then it becomes just this new game of just min-maxing your ability to get through the game without shooting things unnecessarily. And it makes it super difficult. And then 
The actual storyline is wonky and zany because Capcom couldn't be fucked to write something intelligent. And somehow it's tied in with the movies. I can't explain that. Um, I haven't played enough of the previous games or seen enough of the movies because I've seen some of them, but I haven't seen all of them. It's Umbrella Corp. That's how they tie in. Yeah, and Wesker is in both of them. Wesker. Also, Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine. Yeah, pretty sure the like the cast of like the first couple games is pretty much integrated, yep. um, really well. Well, remember Leon is from Resident Evil Two. Yes. Um. So I guess since you brought it up, Dead Space is another huge favorite of mine. Dead Space One and Two, Three is bad. Yes. One's my favorite by far. Two is much more of an action horror game, which I'm assuming means you like it better than I, one. I like them both for different reasons. I I would say overall I prefer Dead Space 2 because it feels more fluid. The controls were worked out a little bit better. But I think from a kind of atmospheric and feeling standpoint, Dead Space 1 is a superior game. Like I, it's They both have such strong merits. The gore factor in 2 is cranked up a little bit which i actually like yeah this feels a tad unnecessary in some ways like there's an elegance to the first game that's really cool yeah the first game does a really good job of like it's one of those things like watching fight club the second time you go oh wow they put a lot of weird hints throughout this game yeah and i'm not just talking about the nicole is dead thing spoiler but it's like the biggest most well-known spoiler out there yep like the fucking chapters of the game the first letters spell out nicole is dead um but you start do running into and noticing a lot of stuff like the first half of the game you actually have like dust particle effects throughout the full world and then when you turn on the ventilation system uh because you have troubles with the air vents the game removes particle effects and actively cleans itself up and has a lot of really nice super subtle touches like that um there's also a lot of fan theories about isaac clark the character at the beginning died in the initial crash at the beginning of the game and that no one in the world you encounter is real and that like you're in hell or something like that that would also make sense um doesn't explain the second game but <laughs> your continuation in hell Yep. Um, the second game had a lot of really good moments that I really liked the wild card crazy guy that they picked up. Um, that was like... So the premise of the Dead Space games is really difficult to follow. Uh, it's not if you take a step back and look at it. Yeah, it's if you can accept the things within its universe as they are, there's nothing difficult about it. But coming to grips with what they are, I guess, is a difficulty for me. Man finds giant alien obelisk. <clears throat> giant alien obelisk, actually super evil, causes yeah. like a culling thing to happen. It's it's from that standpoint, it's a pretty standard game in some ways. Yeah. Um. So the marker or the obelisk, um, right? That's called the marker. Yeah. Charlie's referred to as the obelisk. It's the um, thing basically two thousand one: A Space Odyssey, just bigger. Yeah. Causes people to go batshit crazy, reanimates the dead a bit, and starts morphing people into horrific nightmare creatures. Um, I wish I had one. And um, I just want the, pl- the cutter gun, whatever it's called, the plasma cutter. Um, 
the Ripper. No, the um, the, the, the the basic gun. All the other. So that may oh, be the, why I like the that actual game. level one gun, the rivet gun. No, the no the um the the line cutter. It's got right. It's got horizontal and per and um vertical orientation. Uh, yeah, it's the plasma cutter. I don't know why I mixed that up with the rivet gun. The no. rivet gun's like a giant, like, rifle. No, it's... Yeah, the plasma cutter's great. Honestly, the gun's broken. No, that, that that's that's my issue with that game, actually. It's because they give you the best game right off the bat, and I'm like, I never need to use anything but this. Yeah. I mean, to me, that was just like my Resident Evil senses, just because as an RE player, I'm like, oh, yeah, you handed me... Or to me, it's like, what's the most important gun in your whole arsenal? Well, that's the Red 9. Well, you know there's a lot of other pistols in the game, like, you know, there's the Punisher. Yeah, it does less damage than the Red 9. Yeah, but it goes through things. Yeah, so does the TMP if I'm really against a shield guy. Yeah. Okay, well, what about, uh, what about you know, the rifle? Yeah, or I could kill with the Red 9. Like, <laughs> unless something's far off or something's going weird, like, the Red 9 solves all problems. Yep. And in this game, that gun is the plasma cutter. Yep. And there's an achievement for beating the game with only the plasma cutter. It's only in two, I think. I thought it was in one as I well. I don't think it's in one. Well, if it isn't, I unofficially got it in one my first time through. Because that gun, if you take it to max, is stupidly good. Yeah, it is. If you just Because it becomes kind of like a weird broken moment where the game doles out upgrades in the forms of... Uh, what nodes? are they? Diodes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, nodes. And there's only a certain number of them in the game, but if you pump all of them into one gun, you can then start putting them into other stuff like your armor and whatnot. So it's like really a weird min-maxed way of actually just playing the game because you're, you've just completely consolidated all your power into two things. The problem you run into in games like that is you've, you run out of ammo for it, you're going to have to go to a secondary gun, then things go tits up. But usually the plasma cutter is available. Yeah. Um, nah, we're, we're kind of getting in the weeds on this, though. I I guess if I may talk about the only horror game I've ever actually liked a lot. Go for it. Until Dawn, which is something you should really play now that you have a PS4. Because I mm -hmm. think you'd enjoy it. It's uh, We have a full playthrough of it on the channel. Go check it out if you're curious about it. Or just go buy the game. It's a really cool game. It's That game is both the best kind of Telltale-esque narrative game out there. And one of the most fun horror games I've ever played. Partially because it's kind of like a movie, and that makes it more accessible to me. Mm-hmm. And it's atmospheric as fuck. It's, it's got some jump scares. Like I really don't like jump scares, so horror games that don't rely on jump scares, I'm a big fan of. It's actually why I like Dead Space, because the jump scares are so predictable, and it's more kind of a crushing dread than boo. Yep. Booga booga booga! I'm in your face. Yeah, I I don't enjoy that. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't go to haunted houses. <laughs> I will. Punch. I thought it was because of the fighting. Yeah, I will. But <laughs> it causes me to punch that person. Mm -hmm. Nah, but it's um until dawn does a really good job of. It, and don't get me wrong. It, it, if you watch the playthrough, you get to watch me go and uh, jump scare happens. Jump scare happens. Yep. <laughs> Saw mm -hmm. that one coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. Compared against PT, which you can go watch our videos on that too, I enjoyed my time with Until Dawn because I, I got into the story and the characters of it. There's something for me to latch on to that just that wasn't just look how much fun it is to be scared. Where 
I, I occasionally think a lot of horror games forget that, where it's like, it's just scary, but what else? Scary! I mean, some of them are, a lot of them are also challenging. Um, a lot of them, like, because they give you so few resources, that in itself is the challenge. And that's, that's the where you survival can start stuff, yourself. though. Like, think about how many horror games out there are purely, like, okay, explore this house and jump scares will happen. I mean, not made in the way of AAA. <laughs> um, more than you think. Like, it, even Amnesia, to a certain extent, is kind of just keep moving forward so we can scare you. Well, Amnesia kind of get buys itself a pass by being unique in many other regards. Yeah. Like elaborate. Amne- Amnesia also does all the geometric morphing, and they didn't invent necessarily a lot of the madness tools and stuff they did. But they definitely did them well, and also the level of vulnerable that that game accomplished um, was definitely a much higher level than most games. Like, the first enemy you encounter in the game, you can't kill. Yeah. And you spend a pretty large amount of time before you even encounter an enemy. Um, That game just did ambiance better than anyone else. Um, And it's because of that, it's like, oh, it's just another scary house game. Yeah, but it's the best scary house game. Uh, yeah. And it's P- head and shoulders above its competition. P.T. is up there on the same note, I guess, where it's... it's Well, P.T.'s like eight, or way after Amnesia. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's it's of that ilk, if you will. But, yeah, even P.T., which SWS, while loving, also hates, like, that game's puzzle at the end is real bad because it's a pain in the ass to solve. And really all you do in that game is walk forward with the occasional side thing. Which game are you referring to? PT. PT? Okay. I haven't played it yeah, yet. Yeah, and you never will, sadly. Yeah. I thought that was just a demo. It is. It stands for a playable teaser. Yeah. It's a fan. I was say, there's a rest of a game? Where where have this, where'd this that go? Was the Koji- watched- that, was the tale- that was the trailer for the Kojima Silent Hill game. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's so. I guess what makes a good horror game for you? Like, not just like your bias is definitely towards the survival stuff. Like, I personally won't play a game with zombies in it because I'm just bored of zombies at this point in my I, life. <laughs> I don't even cl- clump those things in with horror games. If you're like, name a horror game. Left for Dead will never make my not, list. <laughs> Left for Dead's not, but Resident Evil is, and Resident Evil. Well, Resident Evil is, but or. Resident Evil's got more going on than just the zombies in it. Honestly, Resident Evil 4, you don't spend much time killing zombies. You spend all your day killing cultists. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who are basically zombies. But I zombies. completely understand what you're coming from. Resident Evil was also one of the game companies making zombie games before the craze. Oh, no, I'm not saying they... Post the craze, holy shit, please I, make it die. I, they're a weird example, but like I have the strong bias that if it's like... Uh, there's a game called... Um, oh, God, what's it called? Um... Sunset Overdrive, which is a potentially really cool game masquerading, or it's a zombie game hiding behind the skies of a really cool game. And the moment I figured out that game was a fucking zombie game, my interest in it just dropped. And it seems like a bunch of horror games out there rely on, oh, it's zombies! Aren't we original? And as it... I'll go back to the original question. Like, what what makes a good horror game for you? Because Until for me, Dawn is the answer for me. 
It has a lot to do with atmosphere and the ability to create tension because jump scares pretty actively do not work on me. Even well-done ones don't make me jump. Um, Like, so games that rely on that will not catch my attention. If you want to create tension within me, or I need to back up a step. So why I like horror movies and things like that so much is because in a lot of ways I am personally very numb to a lot of the like cookie cutter storytelling elements that exist. And I'm the type of person who can watch a movie and be like, they want you to feel endearing to that character. How do I know? Well, they made them look vulnerable. They made their character design this. They said, I'm with this particular backstory. I'm supposed to be attached to them. Look how relatable and, this character is. Look at yes. it. Yes, look how relatable this character is based on these checkboxes and these sliders that they adjusted to make them as relatable as possible. Yeah. The only thing that breaks this mold and makes you start to feel something, at least to me, is tension and fear. Are two of the most, well, there's more than that. Like, There are other things I like, but the thing I like about horror films and stuff like that is they can kind of get an emotional response out of me that more... Normal stuff can't really do. And the more a horror game can either get in my head and like convince me something incorrect or shock me, like with a, a very good surprise, like twist in the story or something like that, or a um, just really using silence very well and making you feel vulnerable as a character. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not want to feel God mode in a horror game um except resident evil 4 but that's because of my active skill in the game <laughs> not because i have cheats or anything i've played, played this the so many times dirt. yeah um so it the vulnerability thing is huge like the feeling okay i don't have enough ammo to get through this oh i don't have enough like i i'm forced to rely on my wits my ingenuity and everything is like edge of your seat like sphincter collect clenching like oh my god can i do it am i gonna do it oh jesus christ so you actually focus that, more on the resource scarcity of it like it's not necessarily the horror it's the making do with minimal stuff in some ways that actually appeals to you not only that that does help that's an element of vulnerability i sure. think you can make a character like oh you're squish as hell or things are really good at one-shotting you I, things being good at one-shotting you you're running a fucking razor wire of being this is yeah. actively difficult and forced me to play and this is cheesy or this is cheap and bullshit there's a fine line there that can be very difficult for games to go over sure. correctly um and so so a game like doom yeah, doom 3 doom. um uh, doom 3 not the new one mm, i know sorry sadness mm is a game that really well balanced being a fast-paced action shooter and having suspense in it on occasion. Like, I can remember playing that game. It's been a long time since I played it, but I can remember playing it, and there was this, like, one scene where, like, you entered a bathroom, and you had been through, like, you're fucking cleaning out a facility. There's tons of just random yeah. shit. And all of a sudden, the thing, like, went into fucking psycho bleeding mode once you looked in the mirror and saw yourself for, like, the first time in the whole fucking game. And I thought that was really cool and well done and just kind of out of the ordinary and, like, took you out of the element for a minute. Sure. Even though the game usually is kind of, like, fast-paced bunny hopping, like, 
it, it you don't stealth your way through Doom Three. <laughs> no, um, it's Doom after stealth all. Isn't part of it, even if it's the yeah. least Doom of all Doom, it's still Doom. Yes. <laughs> Until Doom Four, it was an acceptable Doom game. Then Doom Four came around and was like, "Hey, that Doom game ain't so Doom. I'm Doom." <laughs> you like this Doom? Um, yeah, I thought you did. Yep. So for that, that's something that I've always, or that's all stuff that I've really liked in horror games and in horror movies and horror shows. Um, so for, or I guess I'll kick that same question back to you. Um, it's probably just say what I don't like and it comes down to jump scares. I, it's, there's a predictability <laughs> to jump scares that I, I, they just feel cheap and lazy to me. And I guess in my view, so, so many horror games unfortunately focus on jump scares as their mechanic like um i think it's the outlast franchise that once you figure out that you just don't look at the enemies they don't progress towards you the mm-hmm. game kind of breaks itself it's like oh it's so creepy unless i bury my face in a wall when you're not playing correctly no you made a bad system uh, i don't know i mean there's an argument for both sides on that one. No, I, I think it's the in designing a game, you shouldn't let me break a system like that. But, um, oh god, what played? Soma. Technically a horror game by all measures in some ways. Beautiful, fantastic game. Like, has its moments, don't get me wrong, where it's like, oh shit. I, mm-hmm. it's, it's got one of the most brutal moments possible for that game at the very end, which is really cool. I, I guess it's more, it's like so many horror games sacrifice, as someone who's not big on story, if I'm playing something that's ripe with a chance to be an interesting story, I want that story to be there, which is where Soma and Until Dawn and even Dead Space kind of take up the torch where it's like, there's a reason you're there, there's a story you're following, there's enough of a thing dragging you forth, where Amnesia, it's like, oh, it's so open-ended and vague, Okay, then why do I care about surviving these horrors? Like, PT was the same. Where it's like, oh, you're solving a puzzle. Okay. Great. But... I mean, PT is just like a proof of concept thing. No, and I'm not saying, like, they're good at what they're trying to do, but it's one of these things where it's like the, I feel a lot of horror games, unfortunately, sacrifice a very important element to the horror aspect where it's like, no, no, why am I doing this? What's like. I, I choose not to be afraid more often than I can, the more often than not kind of thing. So it's like, what, what's my reason for playing the rest of your game, despite the fact that its intention is to make me uncomfortable? I mean, a lot of horror sometimes is based around why is this happening? I don't know, and I need to figure that out. I mean, like, the Saw movies are based around that, essentially, is why am I here? Not well, sure. that's the plot. Um. That said, the examples you gave don't explain themselves, so yeah. I can't really forgive them on that regard. No, and again, You're the, not wrong. The difference is those are movies. Like, I have made the choice to see yeah. a horror movie. The reason I'm there is because it's a horror movie. I played, I paid 12 bucks, and in those cases, though, you're seeing, they are just a story. There's no interactivity to it. Like, the games I mentioned are ones where it's like, it's, it's scares for the sake of scares in some ways, where it's like, you can't have a movie without a story essentially, or it just becomes like, "Hey, it's torture porn for two hours." Da, 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 da. Which, hey, you just described the Saw movies. <laughs> yeah, but the, but there is a story to yeah. the Saw movies. Like, no, those the, those ones do have a story. I'm taking a low shot. Yeah, like <laughs> you could maybe argue the Hostel movies are pure murder porn with the occasional oh, dosing yeah. of story. That's a good one. But even they have an explanation of 
the events. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. No, and like I can go back to like Until Dawn is a story. It's a, it is the closest to a movie a video game has successfully come while still being a cool video game. And for that, I'm like fucking yeah, I'm here to see the story. You're focusing on that. The horror is part of the story. It's all around this game. Is the monster for that game fucking stupid as hell? Yeah. Is it still kind of awesome in how stupid it is? Also, yeah, a little bit in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That game is so good, I should replay it. Get all those teenagers killed. Yeah. Without trying to uh, volunteer you for work, you should do that for, uh, what is a stream for SWS? We might do something for like that. A replay through it I for ha- Halloween. I have a game shit. called The Park maybe lined up for that, but I don't know yet. Like, li- literally, it's I don't have lots of horror games because I just don't like horror games. Like, it's no more complicated than... I choose to avoid these because I don't like them, and as a result, I don't have a stockpile to go to. I Occasionally something will pop up, like I work in the theme park industry, so it's like, oh look, a horror game based off of theme parks. Let's check out that. I bet that's dumb. <laughs> but like Five Nights nah. at Freddy's has zero appeal to me where it's like, okay, what's the story? Well, you're sitting in a room and jump scares happen. Great. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna pay five bucks to make a YouTube video of how the game got me. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Say I don't necessarily have a stockpile, but the games that I have, I usually play more than once. Well, so pretty sure I played through Dead Space more than once. Yeah. No, no it's one of these things where it's like uh-huh. you play games, you play through <clears throat> games multiple times more often than I do, but like. I really enjoyed Until Dawn. I love the story for that. Like, as much as I rag Mm -hmm. on Doom 3, it's a solid game. It's not the new Doom. Maybe I should play a new Doom for Halloween. That's Halloween-y in some ways. Mm Trick-or-treat, motherfuckers. But I... Nah, (laughs) it's... I. Now, we've talked about how I love horror elements in video games. Like, Gears of War is at its best when you're fighting monsters and there's a horror aspect to it. Like, I'm not opposed to that as a concept or an implementation. It's when the game relies on... Like, really, it comes down to don't fucking put jump scares as your primary mechanic. If that's all you do to make things scary, stop being lazy. Like, maybe develop an atmosphere, develop an interesting narrative. Like, give me a reason why I should be afraid of things. Like, there's... Create a villain to be afraid of. Yeah. Make you feel like he could actually potentially get you. Yeah, and, like, I'm a big fan of Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees, not a complex individual, but he's a menacing Mm -hmm. thing. Like, um, Resident Evil 3 has the nemesis, a cool idea for that, a a large, super-proud enemy that's constantly following you throughout that game. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's you can make a genuinely kind of scary, cool game without relying just on booga 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 kind of thing, and that mm-hmm. I'm interested in. The issue is so many horror games now are just lazy, like yup, that's all we got, or zombies, sometimes both, <laughs> like um fucking yeah. slender, cool idea for a game. But at the same time, it's like, yep, you're just going to be walking along, walking along, and boo. Thing yep. pops out from behind a fucking tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know. I like them. <laughs> no, I know you do. So I guess to kind of finish yeah. this one off, um, the super survivalist games like um, DayZ and shit like that that are in concept horror games, are those interesting to you at all, or are they kind of too much in the survival camp? I mean, not one of those games has ever come out and been like, super amazing like as a game and like if you take those elements out of it like jay-z is a pretty hideous fucking game yeah it's got some problems yeah um and like the other games that go kind of in its wheelhouse are all also kind of not really that pretty not that i really not that graphics are a big hang-up for me yeah i enjoyed the forest yeah um which was kind of at what you're describing as like super survivally just like that um, so I guess, yeah, I do like the super survivally ones. I'm just not a big day Z fan. Sure. Um, I'm okay. With, I'm perfectly okay with doing PVP as my horror element. People are much more intelligent than anything I could, anyone could program. Yeah. The dead by dawn stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, I don't know. Daisy just never caught on with me. Also, Daisy is one of those things that like, unless you basically, or like an active member of its like online community outside of the game, you're just gonna get wrecked. Do you commit and to don't Day-Z? know the like? Do you commit to Daisy's pretty much right? Like, do you know to do the like head swivel that people know means you're friendly, which may still get you shot, or like know all their like weir- the weird little like stuff like that that's integral to just not getting murdered yeah. by the few people who band together. So yeah, yeah, you do need to embrace the Daisy lifestyle. Have you accepted Daisy as your video game of choice? <laughs> no, I've got a crueler mistress who beats me terribly. God. In League of Legends. Yeah, it, it's like playing Grand Theft Auto Online <laughs> where it's like, hey, the daily objective is kill people. Why are people killing me on this server? Because the daily objective told me to. Yep. And you can put bounties on people's heads. Yep. Thing game currency. Yeah. <laughs> People will be the worst possible if given their excuse. <sighs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, that probably about brings this to a close in some ways. I don't have much more to talk about in the mm. horror game world because, as stated multiple times, I'm not a big fan. But it's Halloween, so that's what you do if you run a gaming channel. You talk about <laughs> horror games and maybe you stream one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm getting exhausted, so yeah. sure we can tie we can tie this one up. Tap out time, more, yeah. Say, so for like, play Resident Evil Four. Dead Space games are great. Play them too. Check it or, until dawn if you've ever been curious. One two, it's one, cool. One and two. Yeah. Um, watch The Crow and uh, Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess as always, we are Something Wicked Studios. You can email us at something <clears throat> at a. Uh, Wicked Awesome, that's, wow, I'm, I'm botching this worse than normal today. Uh, we are the Wicked Awesome <laughs> Cast, a subsidiary slash the official podcast of Something Wicked Studios. You can reach us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from anyone who wants to email us. We might read your email on the show, as we've done in the past. So don't feel shy. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, other places. I think we have a Reddit, technically. But we primarily can be found on the YouTube where we post videos and stuff. Because we're <laughs> professionals like that. Uh, yeah, check it out if you want. Uh, but, yeah. 
think that about does it for this week. I've got a much more intelligent to say aside for furthering to pimp us. Mm-hmm. But, and encouraging more people to watch The Crow. Yes, uh, watch The Crow. Go watch our videos. <laughs> um, we actually have a surprising amount of horror stuff on the channel, despite my disdain for it. We have a full playthrough of Soma. We have a full player of Until Dawn. We have two PT videos. Hell, we have a look at the um, forest that I just mentioned from way the fuck yep. back in early beta land. Wow. I almost forget that I'm technically in videos that I didn't produce. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> That's rare, though. There's very few of them. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully in the week you're hearing this, we'll have a couple of fun things up. Me and Jim did a thing that will hopefully make its debut. I am hard at work on the IndieCade video, so if you're curious about that, that will also hopefully see the light of day this week. There's a lot of footage to chop through on that, unfortunately. Fortunately? Unfortunately? I don't know. But, mm. Yeah. You want to take us out, Jeff? Cure the metal. <laughs>